Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message tonight is, Is Your Tongue Tying Up Your Blessings? This week, we are going to be talking about the power of our words, but this time I have something new to teach you, something I just learned that revolutionized what was coming out of my mouth, y'all. I am not even kidding you. I finally got it when I heard this. Praise God. We're going to talk about three categories of things we can do with our tongues or our words today. Ways to help others, ways to hurt others, and ways we can help ourselves. Oh, and I want to tell you too, before I forget, the Lord has the numbers lady, Cheryl, doing other things right now, but Just Praise Him Radio will be the first on her list when he frees her up to do a podcast, so she'll get to us. It'll just be a little while. Okay. Let's talk about ways we can help others with our words or with our tongues. We can encourage them. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. That's Deuteronomy 138. We can exhort each other. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. We can honestly compliment people, and when I say honestly compliment, I mean don't flatter them to get favor, but give them an honest compliment. Wow, you look really nice today. Um, You look rested. You look, you know, refreshed. We can edify people with the word of God. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Romans 15, 2. We can prophesy if God gives us a word for them. We can praise God, which encourages others around us to do the same. Okay, number two, ways we can hurt other people with our words or with our tongues. We can lie to them. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Ephesians 4.25 False flattery. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Psalm 12.3 We can manipulate them to get something we want. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Genesis 3, 1. We can judge them. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Luke 6, 37. An Indian chief had four sons. He sent them each on a quest, one at a time, to travel a great distance to look at a pear tree. Each returned with a different report. One said the tree was ugly and bent. Another said it was green, budding, and full of promise. 
The next thought it was beautiful and full of blooms. The last said it was ripe and weighed down with fruit. The great chief explained to his sons they were all right because each had seen only one season in the tree's life. He told them, You cannot judge a tree or a person by only one season, that the essence of who they are and the pleasure, joy, and love that come from that life can only be measured at the end when all the seasons are up. If you give up when it's winter, you will miss the promise of your spring, the beauty of your summer, the fulfillment of your fall. Don't let the pain of one season destroy the joy of all the rest. You cannot judge life by one difficult season. That's a Native American proverb, paraphrased. We can hurt people by slandering them. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander, is a fool. Proverbs 10.18 Why are they a fool? Because they are planting a seed for something they don't want in their lives, slander, and it is going to produce a harvest. We can curse them. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. James 3.10 We can criticize or belittle them. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. 1 Samuel 17:28. Have you ever known someone who criticized their child or their spouse, even in front of other people? I have known both, and it is heartbreaking to watch. The fastest way to kill the spirit of any child is to constantly criticize and belittle them. They will grow up feeling worthless and without hope they can ever be good enough. And if you criticize your spouse long enough, one of two things usually happens. Either they will gravitate towards someone who does not criticize them, possibly while still married to you, or they will go quiet on you because they are emotionally dying on the inside. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Proverbs 18.21 As I was looking at Proverbs 18.21 this week, I saw the meaning behind that scripture in a way I had not seen it before. Let's look at that again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it, they that love what? They that love the power in their tongues. Have you ever met someone who knew how to just devastate someone else with their tongue and who used that power to hurt others? That is what this scripture is talking about. Those that love the power of death in their tongues. And they, Proverbs 18.21 says, shall eat the fruit thereof. They shall eat the fruit of loving to hurt others with their words. Why? Because they are planting seeds each time they hurt someone else with cruel words, and harvests of cruel words are going to spring up in their own lives. Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Okay, moving right along. I think y'all are really going to like this podcast. We are going somewhere today. Anyone who goes around using the power of death in their tongues very much will soon be surrounded by just that, by death. By the death of every relationship they used it on, by the death of jobs and careers, 
the death of friendships, marriages, the love others feel for them, and on and on. Sometimes the people who do this are people who need to hurt others and make them feel small so they can feel big. We need to pray hard for them because they are going to reap a harvest that will devastate them later on. And while we're on the subject of the tongue, you know the silence of your tongue can also hurt others. Have you ever suffered the silent treatment by someone you love? They're angry at you for something, but instead of being an adult about it, they act like a little pouty child and stay silent all evening. What are we, five years old? Adults discuss things. You discuss the problem and you try to find a solution together. And that is where, it, whether it is a marriage, a friendship, co-workers, or whatever. Okay, moving right along. You know, there is a reason why the Lord gave us two ears and only one mouth. The amazing truth about the human tongue. It takes only three years to learn how to use it, but it takes a lifetime to learn when and where to use it. We don't know who said that. Washington Irving said, The tongue is the only tool that grows sharper with constant use. And that is not something to be proud of. Can I just say that? Have you ever known someone really beautiful and then they opened their mouth and what came out of it ruined their beauty? It makes you wonder, if the words that you spoke appeared on your skin, would you still be beautiful? Would any of us? I saw a quote online that said something like, if your foot slips, you can recover your balance, but if your tongue slips, you can never recover your words. That is so true. We can never take back the hurtful words we have wounded other people with. And if anyone wounded you with their words when you were a small child, you know those words can haunt you into your 40s and 50s and beyond. I remember in the early 1980s, my husband and I moved back to McKinney, Texas from the Texas coast. We were so poor. We had sold everything we had, and I mean everything. I'm talking even clothing and everything, just to get the gas money to go back to North Texas because a recession had hit and we had been out of work for more than a month, and we couldn't keep going. Things were so bleak, and our marriage was suffering from the stress too. So I got a job at a large law firm where I was completely out of place. I did not have, well, I didn't have any training. I didn't have any nice clothes. The clothes I did have were from garage sales and thrift stores because that was all we could afford. So I just did the best I could with them. I was not trained as a legal assistant, but I had really strong admin skills. So they put me into the assistant position for two attorneys, one established and one brand new. That was a disaster waiting to happen. You cannot put someone completely green working for an established attorney and not get a train wreck. I had no idea what I was doing. Looking back, I am sure they hired me because I would work cheap and legal assistance with experience did not work cheap, then or now. So I tried hard to do that job the best I could with no training or experience and no one, no one was helping me. They did not assign anyone to train me or anything. At one point, the experienced attorney drove into Dallas to a divorce hearing with incorrect paperwork. That kind of stuff was happening all the time. Things like that... And, you know, that will drive them over the edge. The inexperienced attorney who had just gotten out of school had a sharp tongue on her. She was not very kind. What none of them knew at that fancy law firm was that I was going home and living in terrible poverty with a husband who beat me up pretty good once or twice a month. 
by then I knew how to hide bruises really well with a certain type of makeup and with scarves and high necklines and things like that. So I got beat down at home and then I went to work and I got beat down some more. It was a very, very sad season in my life and that is putting it mildly. That was the job with the colorful daily calendar that at that time was the only thing I could find to look forward to just to get me through the days, just so I could keep putting one foot in front of the other each day. There's a saying that we should be kind to everyone we meet because we never know what battle they are fighting, and that is very true. There's a meme online that says, do not judge, you don't know what storm I've asked her to walk through, and that's God saying that. Another time, my eldest sister was dying in Amarillo. She was literally on her deathbed. I rushed up from Dallas because she asked for me, and I stopped in Elk City, picked up my mom and my daughter about 45 minutes west of Elk City on the way to Amarillo is Shamrock, Texas. We stopped there for coffee and to gas up the truck. I'm wearing sunglasses because I've been crying for hours on the drive up from Dallas. So I'm at the latte machine bumping the lever, trying not to overfill my cup, and just trying to get done so we can get back on the highway because Judy was not doing well at all. She was not expected to make it through the night, if I remember right. And the old man behind the counter yells at me to stop playing with the latte machine. I turned to look at him, and I just took my cup and walked to the counter and paid for it. I could not handle anything else. I still had to drive us to Amarillo. I wondered later, if it would have made any difference to him if he had known where we were going and why, but he seemed like an ill-humored person, so maybe not. Be kind to everyone you meet. You have no idea what they are going through. You don't know if someone they love is dying. You don't know if they are covered with bruises under their clothing. You don't know. You don't know if they have a dollar in their purse and nothing to eat that night. You don't know, and I promise you, they don't need your hate and anger on top of what they are already walking through. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31, 32. Ways to help yourself with your tongue. The single most important way we can help ourselves with our tongues is to stop them when we are about to call for what we don't want. The second most important way we can help ourselves is to change our words to call for what we do want. What do you talk about most of the time? I've been around people that talk about nothing but woe is me. That is all that comes out of their mouths all day long. Others that talk about how sick they are and how much pain they're in and how many doctors they have to see every week. Some talk about how much lack they live in or how they're never going to be able to find an apartment, a spouse, or a job. While you are thinking back over what you've been saying all week, I saved the best for last. Some of you may know this, but I did not know this. Even after listening to teachings about the power of our words and reading books about the power of our words for decades, and I've told two of my friends and they didn't know it either, and both of them gasped the same way I did when I heard it. And I hope it helps every one of you. If you get nothing else from this entire sermon, This is what I want you to get. This is the takeaway. It will change your life. And I mean, literally, if you will put it into practice. I was doing something in my living room one day this week, and I put on an old teaching by Charles Capps. Charles Capps, who has gone on to be with the Lord now, wrote a book called The Creative Power of the Tongue many years ago. I've read the book, 
and it's good. In fact, I've read it more than once. His teachings are very easy to understand and very anointed, and I learned from them. The CD I was listening to this day was called Calling Those Things That Be Not. So I'm sitting there working, and Charles Capps began to talk about the words coming out of our mouths. And then he said something I will never forget as long as I live. He said, and I'm paraphrasing, that when words come out of our mouths, our brain hears the words and assumes what we say is something we desire. And so it sets about causing it to happen. I yelled when I heard it. And you could have literally heard the zipper I zipped my lips up with right after. Can I just say that? I heard somebody else teach many years ago that many people's biggest problem is right under their nose. And knowing this, it makes sense why. When you speak something, your brain hears it and assumes it's something you want. And so it puts all of its power and ability behind making that thing happen. I want y'all to really meditate on that this week, okay? Everything coming out of your mouth is being processed like that by your mind. And our minds are powerful. We don't even use 10% of our brain, science says. So there's another 90% of your little computerized brain up there that is making all of your words come true, good or bad. The good, the bad, the ugly. So if you look in the mirror one morning and say, wow, I really look haggard. I look like I've aged 10 years. Guess what? You're going to get what you say, just like Mark eleven twenty three says you are. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, and you're a whosoever, shall say unto this mountain, and a mountain is a problem or an obstacle, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So if you have even the tiniest bit of faith, faith like a mustard seed, Behind the words coming out of your mouth, like when you say, dear Lord, I gain a pound if I even look at chocolate cake, or when you say, as sure as I wash my car today, it's going to rain tomorrow. Then that's what you're going to get. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as you think in your heart, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. I, it seems like that verse used to read as a man thinketh in his heart. Maybe I memorized it wrong. To control a horse, you turn the bit that's in his, his bridle. To control a ship, you turn the rudder. To get control of your life, you turn your tongue. And you stop calling for things you don't want. The true test of a man's spirituality is not his ability to speak like we think, but rather his ability to bridle his tongue, said R. Kent Hughes. So the true test of a man's spirituality is not his ability to speak, but his ability to shut up, to paraphrase. I'll leave you with that thought, since I suspect I won't be the only one being silent a lot more of the time after this podcast. I'm just saying. I hope this helps you. I know it helped me. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. That's all I've got for you this week, but I think that'll give you plenty to think about. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., 
Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas 72539 or by email at today at JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 is a collection of 58 short inspirational readings that will uplift, comfort, and encourage readers from every walk of life. Sidewalk Flowers includes inspirational tales and topics taken from the lives of everyday people who exhibited extraordinary wisdom, kindness, and courage while traveling the sidewalks of life. Get your copy of Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 today, available in print and new audiobook. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com, in print or new audiobook. There is no one on earth who has not been wronged at some time in their life. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has been hurt by someone. The pain you have suffered does not make you special. It is what you do with that pain that sets you apart. Life can make you bitter or it can make you better. You choose. The only difference between the two is the I. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are a time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, there are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual roadmap through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax, and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax.